Hey everyone, this is Chris and Sandy Bit with the Chris and Sandy Show. We get up close and personal with some amazing rising artists. And as I say on every episode, we got a great one for you. We got Cameron Dubois coming on. She's doing some great things out there. And I'm really excited about talking to her a little bit about her story and some music and just see where this goes. So, Cameron, you're here. I am. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. How are you doing today? Great. How about you? We're doing good. We're we're based out of good Savannah, great. Georgia, um, so it's been yeah. pretty good weather down here. <laughs> <It has. laughs> now I always like to start the show off the same way, because of we're in a weird year this year, and I know there will never be another year like this, or at least I hope there won't be anyway. Let's not jinx it here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but how has COVID personally affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Sorry, say that one time. So how has COVID personally affected you, and what are you doing to maneuver through it? Uh, well, I'll tell you, it's just been a crazy year, Chris. Um, I uh, It started out great. I had shows lined up, and then COVID hit, and everything mm-hmm. just kind of shut down for a while. And I, I kind of quit. I quit traveling to Nashville. I'm sure quit writing so much. And... Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I started writing songwriting here in town with uh, a group of people, um, you know, social distancing and, you know, taking precautions yeah. and doing a lot of, like, recording here in town. And one of the songs that came out of it was Bridges, which is – I actually oh, wrote wow. that song back in May of 2017. But, um, but now, like, we were pondering on songs like, what songs should we record? I was just, like, going to go back through my – list of songs to see if there was any and I showed mm-hmm. the band I was working with at the time, Band of Sound, the song Bridges. Yeah. And they're like, you know, we we should, you know, record this. This is a, a fun song and I, and I was really thinking about it. I I'd always played it at my shows but never really had the chance to get the studio to record it. So we, we mm-hmm. got in the studio in Prattville, Alabama and recorded the song and uh so I was so just mostly, like, since there's no more – or I, now with COVID, I still, like, shows are starting to pick up here and there. Yeah. Uh, slowly starting to pick up, and we're doing a full band show for the first time uh, tomorrow at the Alabama National Fair. But when with everything going oh, wow. on, I just really, you know, got into the songwriting and recording aspect mm-hmm. of my artistry. <laughs> and that's something we've noticed, too, like with our show – you know, when we first launched in January, the the original plan was a hundred interviews first year. We thought if we did that, we'd be ahead of the crowd. Well, I, you know, I don't think there's too many hosts that can yeah. say they've done a hundred interviews their very first year of doing a show. And so it thought yeah. that'd be a great goal. I knew we had enough contacts to make that happen. And then COVID happens, and I'm sitting there looking at everything being shut down. I told Sandy this could be our opportunity to shine because all yeah. the artists need a place to talk and we're going to give it to them and we just bumped it up and because of that um, instead of doing 100 shows right now you're our 243rd interview oh wow awesome <laughs> and, so y'all really... and, and you know what's funny about like you were just saying things are starting to pick back up I think we did hit the moment that happened because we're starting to see that it's getting harder to book artists again you know, yeah. so we might have hit that sweet spot, and now the artist side's starting to slow down. So because of that, we're like, you know what? We'll pivot a little bit, and we're starting to get some people on that are not within music, but are in other areas. And so we're 
kind of pivoting that a little bit to kind of just help the show grow. Yeah. Awesome. But yeah, we've noticed people are definitely getting back into action again, which is a good thing. Yeah, that's one good thing is I've, I've you know, like I like I've been doing shows, but like everybody has been very good about you know keeping their social distance and wearing mm-hmm. their mask and you know hand sanitizing. So I think that we're starting to grasp it. I still, it's probably going to be a different world as far as like live performance and music mm-hmm. for a little while. But I mean, at least we're getting back to it because it's one thing you know I've I've I, it's what I'm passionate about. And when COVID hit and and you go from doing shows to nothing. It's just it it, it hits you hard, and you realize you know you, how much you appreciate what you do, mm-hmm. and how you know you can connect to a crowd of people. Yeah, and you know, speaking of talking about you know all you knew is music and all that, you know, and this you probably got more of this since COVID has happened. So, what are some hobbies you like to do outside of music? Hobbies outside of music. Well, I would say I I, I like to dance. I'm a dancer. Um, that's one hobby of mine. And I also, uh, I'm a runner. So I oh. like to take uh, jogs. And, and so that's been one thing that you can do with COVID and everything. So, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like they say, you got to do what you got to do. So yeah. why don't you say something quirky about you? Quirky. Ooh. Um, quirky. Uh, I can be uh, socially awkward sometimes. But people don't realize that, <laughs> that, like, one of the biggest things that I have um, when, like, if I'm doing a live show, one of my biggest, you know, things is I I have a hard time sometimes speaking in front of crowds just from, you know, getting nervous. Mm-hmm. But and yeah. it sometimes comes out differently. So I'm a, I'm a little quirky in some of, like, the way I, you know, talk sometimes, but that's just, you know, who I am. <laughs> yeah, I think we all do that from time to time, because I can remember do. back years ago, the very first time I ever spoke in front of a crowd, I froze up, and it, it was just, it was bad. I got through it, but it, it, the story yes. is, is bad. But, it's, but it gave me a battle wound that I can tell over and over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> So as we really dig a little deeper into your story, tell us a little yeah. bit of who you are, where you're from, and kind of a backstory of you. Take a few minutes to just get everybody up to date of who you are. Well, I so I grew up in Montgomery, Alabama, and I was born in Georgia, but we moved here when I was uh, six months old. And uh, as I grew up, like I was, uh, I was a, a big into competitive cheerleading, like up until high school, and then. Uh, and um and then like through high school like I kind of you know I've always had a love for music and uh, listening to the radio and my dad's a big influence on it like I you know we always had somebody playing on the radio whether it be you know southern rock music or country music and that was what we related to growing up is we would just sing in the car and I just had always had a love for it and um and um so. As I got to middle school, I kind of picked up, you know, I wanted to learn an instrument, and so I picked up the guitar, and, mm-hmm. and I taught myself, and it was it was tough, you know, those first, uh, that first, like, six months, but once I got through it, it, uh, it actually, it, it's easier than you think after a while, because most songs, they pretty much are the same four or five chords for the most part, um, and so 
And I'd always, like, kind yeah. of played on piano, but I didn't really teach myself until high school. I just play by ear. And I like I can't yeah. read music. I just play by ear. And I was yeah. always a shy person growing up, growing up. So I had, you know, I played music, but it was a hobby for me. Like, you mm-hmm. know, I was in school, and when I come home, I'd, you know, go sit in my room and sing and, and play music. And um, and my parents were always, they could always hear me from, like, downstairs sometimes. And, you know, they would always want me to, like, play out for people. And I was so shy that, I you know, I wouldn't do it. Well, my senior year is when I really actually did my first real live performance in front of an audience, and it was oh, wow. for Distinguished Young Women. And mm-hmm. I um, did a song, it was Imagine, it was, you did a minute for your talent, and I played guitar and sang. And it was Imagine by John Lennon, and uh, oh, people wow. came up to me afterwards and were like, you know, while you're in college, you should think about doing music as a side job. And so when I got to college, I was studying uh, civil engineering at the time. So it was, it was tough, really tough. But I knew what my mom was set on because, like, I would be, you know, <laughs> I'd, you know, be studying during the day. And then, like, I'd go play a show at night. And there's some nights that uh-huh. I'd play a show in Georgia. And I would have to have, like, a, a lab report due the next day. And but oh, wow. I would do it on my way or in between, like, before <laughs> I you know, play the show. So it was like my priority at the time was like I got through school and I, you know, I got my degree, but my priority was music. And I, you know, I had, I, I wasn't really sure what I was going to do with it. And um, so I, um, I did this competition and it was NACMA. It was in uh, Pigeon Forge. And um, this mm-hmm. was my spring break of my senior year. And I had had a job lined up to go uh, work for a company out of uh, Charleston um, with, as a civil engineer. And um, but during the spring break, I did this competition, and I met this uh, guy Bernard Porter. And he, what he does is artist development. And he heard me <clears> sing a song in a little uh, singers round, and he came up to me afterwards. And he was like, "Hey, look, you know." Um, check me out. Uh, I can, I think you have talent. I think you should give this a shot and, you know, I can help you introduce you to people in Nashville. And he was given a seminar for the competition the next day. He's like, come to my seminar tomorrow. And he gave me his car and was like, check me out. So, you know, I did my research and met with him and he was like, you know, you really should give music a shot. Um, you know, when you get out of college, you give it a full-time shot. I can introduce you to songwriters and out in Nashville and record like you can record and just just see where it goes and so as soon as I graduated I hit the ground like I, I hit the road to Nashville and oh, wow. um and so I started uh songwriting a lot there and that's really where I learned how to songwrite I've like written mm-hmm. songs prior but um you know it's it's you you learn more from people who have been in the business for a long time and yeah. Uh, so that and, and one of the songs that I got out of it was Bridges, um, uh, which I wrote with a, uh, my co-writer, uh, which we'll be Cameron. listening to a little bit later in the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I hope I can tell you a little bit about that song. Um, and uh, but I so I met with him and you know started writing in Nashville. But you know I had always had like a love for R and B soul music and like southern rock mm-hmm. music. I've grown up on 
like all kinds of music and that you know my heart was in that too and uh bernard he was like well how about we take you to muscle shoals i know uh, i know a guy out there he's a producer and um his name is uh shoot mike michael curtis and uh, he's like, I can introduce you to him, and I think you'll find what you're looking for there. So I started songwriting out of Muscle Shoals for a good while, and that's where I got my uh, first, like, the first few that I had, the first set of songs oh, wow. came from out of Muscle Shoals. And huh. so, uh, I don't know, it's just been a, it's been a very wild experience, but I've, you know, enjoyed it so far, and I've, you know, given the circumstances of COVID, I've just been trying to push through, and find other ways and routes and God has, you know, opened those doors for me, whether it be, mm-hmm. you know, now if I couldn't do a show, I was doing more songwriting and, uh, and recording and, you know, developing, you know, more of my sound. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, as, as you know, um, speaking of all this, that, you know, great things are happening, but as you know, a lot of people, they think that it's all glory <laughs> and, yes. I always like to talk about this other side of it that nobody talks about. As you know, people see the glory of a Blake Shelton, of a Miranda, of a Carrie, but they don't see the grind, the sacrifice, the tears, the struggles that it takes to build a career, not just at their level, but a but even a making a living level. There's so much that yeah. goes on behind the scenes that people don't don't see, and I always like to talk about it. Um, so I'm gonna tell a quick story to help guide us into where I want this to go, and we'll discuss that. But back in 2014, we interviewed Allison Steele from Two Steel Girls, and at that yes. time they were full time with music. <clears throat> and I'll never forget. I asked her one of the questions I asked her was, "What advice would she give an up and coming artist?" And I'll never forget her answer. She said, "This is gonna sound funny coming from someone full time, but if your heart will allow you to do anything outside of music, if you can see yourself doing something else." Go do that and keep music as a hobby. She goes, because the moment you you want it to be a career, <clears throat> everybody owns a piece of your life from that moment on. Your friends and relatives, they never understand because they invite you to weddings, to cookouts, to weekends, to holidays. But you, you're grinding. You can't say no to gigs, and you definitely can't cancel once you've got them. And your friends and relatives yes. sometimes don't understand that side of it. Then on top of that, your family has to sacrifice with you. It's not just about you because the people around you have to sacrifice because they have to give you up to this crazy dream of yours. You know? yeah. And then if that's not enough, there are times where you're miserable and you're just not feeling it. You're, you know, you, maybe you had a rough day, but if you've got yeah. a gig that night, you've got to get on there and smile like you're snow tomorrow. But then she added. But if your heart will not allow you to do anything outside of music, if you cannot see yourself doing anything else, go all in. Because that's yeah. the only way that those type of sacrifices could ever be worth it. What do you think of what she said? Yeah. Let's talk about that side of it. I absolutely agree with that because, you know, I, I – when I – Okay, when I, I I have this, everybody said, like, music is just such a, it's, it's a hard industry to get into already. Yeah. It's, a, it's a very tough industry. And so the chances of mm-hmm. making it, you know, or, you know, getting out there, making it to, like, a Blake Shelton level is slim to none. But yeah. that's not why I do it, and that's where yeah. I can agree mm-hmm. with her, is I, I when honestly, when 
I had that offer to like you should give music a shot. I didn't as I you know I I, I knew where my heart was. I knew I wanted to do music. Yeah. I knew you know I I may not make you know a bunch of money you know like in the long run like I mean it takes mm-hmm. time and you to build an audience and you know build listeners that'll uh, you know give into your product. But my thing is I didn't do it. I, what I did it for is I. I like she said, when it's a tough day, you have to go on stage and you have to smile. And what was amazing to me with music is, regardless through all my tough times and tough days, mm-hmm. when I got on stage, it was like yeah. I was in a whole other realm. I was in a new zone. Any kind of like, yeah, I was in my zone and I was in my happy spot. Like even if I had the worst day, like I was in the spot where you know, you I would feel it afterwards. But while I was in that moment. I was I, I was where I knew I need, needed to be, and I knew there was other listeners out there who would come up to me afterwards, and I've reached to them on an emotional level, whether it be one person, mm-hmm. whether it be you mm-hmm. know multiple people, and it, yeah. it, it is a tough industry, and that's but you know I I do it because I don't see myself doing i can't see myself working a nine-to-five job <laughs> monday through friday yeah. with a, cause I, did yeah. do it. I did it as an intern and mm-hmm. it just uh it just that it didn't work out for me uh, and i i you know rather rather do music and um so i i definitely agree exactly if i saw myself one day to where i could see myself doing something else um i would definitely do that but you know you know <laughs> I, put, I love put aside, make it a hobby but Right now, I know it's where my heart is. The doors are still, you know, opening, and I'm, you know, giving mm-hmm. it my all. And everything just – I put it all towards music. And it is a sacrifice as far as, like, you know, family and, like, friends and stuff. Like, most of my gigs, when are they? They're on the weekends mm-hmm. when most people are off. But, you know, it can get lonely. But I know it's what I was put here to do, whether it is to reach one person or thousands. So. Yep. And I totally get where you're coming from because there are moments, even as a host, you know, because I don't care what part of music you're a part of, whether you're a host, you're an artist, you're a producer, you know, it, you're a label. It really doesn't matter. It's tough for every part of music. And there are moments where I'm on the hill, the cliff. I'm ready to just dive over the cliff here. And Sandy has to pull me down because I'm sitting there like, maybe I should just do what everybody says and just get. What they call a real mm-hmm. job, a real, a regular job, and yeah. and Sandy sometimes will have to tell me, uh, remind or remind me, I should say. So in the eighteen years we've been married now, when's the mm-hmm. last time you've had a so-called regular job? I'm like, okay, point taken. Let's move, keep moving forward. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Because I, I, I can't do that. Like you said, the nine to five, I, you know, that's not me. I like I like to be able to talk. Uh, you know, I like to be able to get out and about and do, you know, because a lot of times we, you meet people in the streets with what, what we're doing. And I just can't sit in a little cubicle. And nothing wrong with that if, if, that, if that's what somebody's dream is and, and they've got that desk job and that's what they've always wanted. And that's, that's fine. It just wasn't for me. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's where my my heart is, because I, I I do yeah. I, when I was working I was you know I was thinking I was writing music like on like 
sometimes during work and I was just like, what am I, you know, doing? Like, is is this really what I want to do? And I'm glad, I'm glad I got my degree to have a fallback on because mm. music is such yeah. a hard industry, but I, I, I'm giving it my all and it, it's been, I've had people tell me like, um, who don't, you know, agree with chasing a dream like this. They don't mm. see it as practical and but you know that's their opinion and i and yeah. i feel like it's exactly where i need to be and and if i can when i sing when i sing and reach somebody in the audience on an emotional level i know i did my job for the night yeah. they came up to me afterwards and and and, and you know I, I helped them heal through whatever or you know whatever they might be going through so mm-hmm. and, and when people mm-hmm. tell you that to be honest, and now this ain't 100% of the cases, but a lot of times it's people that mean well, but, yeah. but they've been beat up by life so much. And maybe they had a dream to, to do something, and it didn't work out for them for whether they quit or whatever it was, but it didn't work out. Yeah. And now they're trying to save you from the heartache because you'll hear things like, don't get your hopes up. Or, yeah. or yeah. you know, it, it can't well, happen for no everybody. Yeah. Or there's no guarantee. Oh, that's another one mm-hmm. that you'll hear. There's no guarantees, yeah. and and I think that that's kind of you know I remember an old saying that I really love is where there's no hope in the future, there's no power in the present, and vice versa. Where there's hope in the future, there's power in the present, and and you know when someone yeah. loses all hope, wow. they just end up losing all power they have right now. So even if mm-hmm. it don't work out, just the hope that it could. It's the yes. driving force that will keep you going. Yes, absolutely. <clears throat> now that we talked about the sacrifice side, let's flip the script and go the other way. Um, when you okay. look back on your career so far, what are a few uh-huh. moments where you're like, wow, I got to do that? few moments. Oh, whoa. There's been a, there's been a <laughs> few. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Um one one thing that uh, stands out to me is I got to um, I got to open uh, the with the national anthem for the Toad Lick Festival in Dothan, and it was the oh, night that uh, uh, Luke Combs was you know playing, and I got a chance to meet him and I actually opened for him uh, uh, well, before he you know really hit it big at a at a little bar in Montgomery <laughs> called Rock Bottom. Uh, a few few weeks later, which was an opportunity, but just that was my actually my real time getting to sing something out in front of like a big audience, and I oh, got wow. to sing it with mm-hmm. the military by my side, and you know to hold holding the flags, and, and you know, have so much respect for the military, and it, it and mm-hmm. you know Same the here. appreciation for what they do, and just getting to meet with them and sing alongside them while they held those flags that was a really powerful moment, and it was one of the very first times. You know, I, I experienced singing in front of a big crowd, um, mm-hmm. and and I just I, I knew mm-hmm. that was uh, you know what I wanted to to do. I was a baby at the time, but I knew it was like you know, I, I, just looking out at everybody, and and it, I knew it was something I wanted to do. Music, so I, I love that. Um, so we're gonna take a quick break. And then we're going to come back and play your song, Bridges, and talk about that song. How's that sound? Okay. Awesome. Perfect. All right. All right. Hang on the line. Hey, everyone. We have partnered with another great podcast called the Sports Guys Podcast. 
You can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. The Sports Guys Podcast is a sports and country music podcast hosted by Brandon, Nick, and Andy. They cover sports on a state, regional, and national level with many of the biggest names in the sports industry. The Sports Guys also host a Backstage Pass music segment where they go behind the scenes and talk with some of the biggest artists in country music, everything from Texas country, Americana, as well as Nashville artists. The Backstage Pass provides a more in-depth look at the musicians' rise in music as they talk about their career and tell stories about their music to share with their fans. Many of the same guests will be appearing on our show as well. Again, you can find them over at thesportsguyspodcast.com. It's a grand slam of sports and music. Please go over and check them out.
really great song. Oh, Thank you. Great song. Thank you so much. So tell us the story behind that song. Okay, so Bridges was, this was a song that um, I, I was in a writing session, um, and this was the summer of 2017. This is right when I really started writing with um, a singer-songwriter named Britton Cameron. He's a great artist, uh, so if you can, check him out. Um, and he had he came to me, and he was like, you know, I was at, the, at my friend's house the other day, and they had the words, what the bridges I burn light the way, hung up on the wall. And when he told me that, I was like, oh, no, um, we have to write to this. Like, this is a, you know, a great idea. <laughs> and yes. um, so we were, like, pondering on, like, what kind of storyline we were going to put with it. And we finally uh, came up with, like, or wanted to do something similar similar to, like, the like Runaway Bride or, like, with uh, Sally Fields, uh, Runs Away, <laughs> and Smokey and the Bandit. Mm-hmm. And so we really had a lot of fun writing those verses. And um, when it, we were writing the chorus, we um it has more of like a, a universal meaning meaning like mm-hmm. you know we all potentially burn bridges in our life and it's not necessarily trying to promote those like burning bridges it's not like yeah let's yeah. go out and burn bridges with people but it's basically <laughs> saying you know we've done some potentially have done it in our past but we wouldn't be where we are today without you mm-hmm. know having made those mistakes and it's basically yeah. saying, like, you know, taking those mistakes and learning from it so that in the future, you know, you don't, you know, continue to make those mistakes. And so that's where uh, we got the idea. Love and, that. Uh, yeah, and, you're so and, right about that, though. And, yes. And thank you. Thank you. And, and I, uh, you know, I sat on the song for a while, but I, I was playing shows for, like, uh, you know, ever since then, which, you know, is mm-hmm. three years now. And when COVID hit, I started working with um, a lot with a band here in town where I'm from, Montgomery, Alabama. And uh, we uh, we were uh, sat down, and the, Rick Hansen, he's one of the members of the band, and he was like, well, go through your catalog, let's go through your catalog and see if there's anything we want to record. And, you know, while we had this extra time on our hands, and so we he I played bridges for him and he loved it. He's like, he goes, I can see this. He goes, and, and Bill, yeah. that's the guitarist for me himself. He goes, and I could Bill could put an you know an awesome twist on this. And so Bill Hines was the producer of the song, and we actually recorded the song in Fretwell, Alabama. And uh, that's one of uh, I mean, Bill's produced a couple of other things, but he's more of mm-hmm. like a sessions guy, like a, like yeah, he was a, a sessions mm-hmm. guy in Muscle Shoals uh, for like a bunch of records. But he had never like uh, he he's produced stuff before, but this was like one of like his few projects that he had, and I just you know I thought he did an incredible job as far as like instrumentation and giving it a real southern rock feel, and um, and so we released it uh, two Fridays ago, and it's just it's mm-hmm. it's, it's uh, fun. I, I, that's what I like. I like to rock. I like to you know have a lot of upbeat stuff, like especially in times like this yeah. where. <laughs> You know, you can get you your that. emotions. Like sometimes mm-hmm. you need to get away from, um, you know, feeling you know sad and dark or or, or lonely, and and that's where um, uh, this song, you know, it it has a plays a part in my heart. Yeah, it's so. a feel good song. It's definitely a feel good yeah. song. Like you yeah. feel like you can get yeah. up and dance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, as you know, a lot of people when they see the artist, they don't see the PR people. They don't see the producers they don't see the managers and i'll yeah. be honest i feel like they don't get 
the love they deserve. But on our show, yeah. they do. So if you want to take a few minutes to talk about the team that helps you be who you are, that would be awesome. Yes. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Jason Ash- Ashcraft. He has helped push this song and, and uh, promote it and, and get it out to, on Newswire and, and, you know, out to um, just out to companies and radio stations like yours, yours for example. And, I, you know, I appreciate, mm-hmm. like, because they don't get, you don't get to see the, uh, like, the background of it and how songs, you know, are promoted or put out in the in mm-hmm. the market and how hard people work to get it out there. So I want to give a shout out to him. Yeah. And uh, Chris Allen is also, uh, he's part of my team. And uh, and Bernard Porter. Um, and I want to give a shout out to Bill Hines for also, like, just doing an incredible job uh, producing the song. And uh, Rick Hansen, who... Uh, believed in the song and and you know gave me the tools or helped me with the tools to uh, uh, record it and get it out there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Love that. You know, we kind of got a third party to our team too. You know, our little eight-year-old boy. We always have him come on and ask one question to each other. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, because we are a family affair, so Sandy's gonna yeah. reach out and get him, and then yeah, we've, we've got a 19-month-old daughter that when she gets older, we'll be plugging her in too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I always joke. It's funny. I always joke that we're a family affair show. And then one day I was like, you know what? I was trying to create a me- media company around our brand. I was like, you know, family yeah. affair media. I wonder if that is taken. And the domain was not taken, so it's mine now. And I looked up <laughs> for trademarks, and it's. I think it got released like last year. I said, oh, this is good. <laughs> <laughs> So it's about ours now. So as you know, so we're gonna. So we're kind of running under Family Affair Media because that kind of fits us. Yes, we that's are. who we are. Yes, yeah. and I've I've got Christopher here now, and he's ready with his question. Uh, hi, Tamara. Oh. What's your favorite food? Thank you so much. <laughs> You're welcome. I don't ask again, look. What's your favorite food? Thank you. He's asking, "What's your favorite food?" Oh, what's my favorite food? Oh, oh, that's that's easy. I love a good sweet potato (laughs) cap. That is, uh, I love southern cooking already. It's a, it's a, it's a uh, probably a downfall of mine, (laughs) but I love. (laughs) I could probably live off of a good like sweet potato, especially if it's a sweet potato casserole. That's probably my favorite thing to eat. I can eat every day. And what's yours, little Chris? Pizza. Wait, what was that? Pizza. Pizza. Oh, your pizza? Yeah, pizza's good yeah. too now. <laughs> yeah, he Do can you eat like it. cheese pizza or you pepperoni pizza? What kind of pizza? Pepperoni. Yeah, there we are. That's my <laughs> favorite too. Bye, Yeah. <laughs> 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 He loves his little part, you know. He gets upset with oh, every yeah. times where he's not been able to do it, but he gets upset if he can't do ask his one question. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could co-write with anyone, dead or alive, who would it be, and what would you want to write about? I could co-write with anybody, dead or ooh, oh, um, let's see. Hmm. 
um, you know, I'd like to uh, write with uh, Lou Harris. I think she's an incredible writer. I cool. love her work. Mm-hmm. And uh, she, especially she has this one song, A Prayer in Open D, which I, I play, like, religiously. I play it, like, all the time. Um, and <laughs> it's just, it's just, it has a very, uh, like, different and real way of, like, uh, connecting to an audience and writing something in a way that it's never been said before. And uh, mm-hmm. so I'd, I'd like to write. I'd like to write with her. That'd be that'd be really neat. And what will we write about? Ooh, that's, that's <laughs> tough. Because uh, you never know. Uh, exactly. It, it depends. I guess it would <laughs> depend on like how I'm feeling. Because I usually, um, you know, I, I I usually write when we write songs or I get in a co-writing session. We kind of just talk about ourselves and been going on and you know what maybe we be what we're struggling with or what you know you know has happened recently and mm-hmm. maybe honestly I write something uh about this whole COVID situation and yeah. how everybody yeah. is you know because it, it it it's been when it when it first hit and it still is it's taking its toll it's getting better though but it just seems to have, mm-hmm. have hit everybody in a, in a very, you know, and nobody saw it coming. And so, I mean, like depression levels have rose and um, Mm -hmm. risen, excuse me. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, suicides have risen as well. And I I think it, you know, has somewhat to do with the situation, this pandemic we're in. And I'd I'd like to write something that there is still hope in this world and that, you know, uh, I don't. We don't know what the future holds, but I mean, it, we already see it getting, you know, slowly, progressively getting better, and it may take yeah. years. But um, you know, to just enjoy like you know the small things in life and and what mm-hmm. really matters most. And yeah, uh, that's definitely appreciate great. what we do have. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. I love that because again, it's all about that hope and all that. Now, this next question, you probably could have a thousand answers, but just think of whatever the first thing that pops in your head is. But what's right, a song thing. out there? You know, what's a song out there that you wish you wrote that you've heard? And I wish I wrote. Um, I would say I am a Christian girl, and I, I'm really, you know, <laughs> I, I I believe that I have a purpose here for music. You know, mm-hmm. I th- I believe that God put me here for this. So I would say, uh. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. Uh, Garth Brooks. Um, the, that, song that song is. Um, there's so many great, great songs out there, but that one is just. It, it reaches me because there has been so many times where there has been doors shut in my face, or you know, there's been no's, and there's been times where I'm like, am I, you mm. know, doing what I'm? Am I really like? What am I? Sometimes like stepping back and like, am I doing what I was brought here to do? What my purpose is, and yeah. realizing that. You know, it made a, a prayer hadn't been answered, but then something else is sent along that just makes that that's that opens more doors, or you know, reminds mm-hmm. me of why you know, yes, exactly, I am here, and like gives me that um, that uh, what are you? Sorry, I'm I'm blanking on the words right now. <laughs> uh, it just gives me that reassurance that you yeah. know, I, music is why I'm I was put here, so. And, you know, talking about where God wants you and all that, <laughs> like with us, you know, we can look back and, you know, through our 18 years of marriage, and I, 
I would be on the, we would be on the street and we'd run into people. And I'm not talking about running into friends. I'm talking about running into strangers. And yeah. I'd end up in a, I'd end up in a conversation. And Sandy would know two or three, usually about two to three minutes in, she would know. Okay, this has already gone deeper. So we're going to be here 60 minutes. She just, she yeah. just would, and she would, she'd get upset sometimes and she'd roll around. I, I could see it, but I can't, when I'm talking, I can't stop. And then it's like, I've done that thousands and thousands of times in our marriage. Little did we yeah. know that God was using all those thousands of times to prepare us for this show. When we look back, we yeah. see it now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, and and that's the thing is like it, it is moments like those where you're like like, uh, and then, but then you realize you know you now like you're you know you have your station you're in your family radio station and and it, it just reminds you of all those times that you had and how God is like progressively like just showing you through the years and pushed you and pushed you exactly where you're supposed to be, and I that I, 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 I told I can totally relate so. <laughs> Yeah, because we got we got too much not too much to get into here, but we got story after story after story where where if if we didn't believe in God, we would be stupid because there's so many times, yeah. so many situations that happen in our life, and, not, and even before we married, but even but, but especially after we married 18 years ago, where we're like, whoa, yeah. um, okay, we see you, God. <laughs> yeah, no, and I, I, I totally agree. I've seen so many moments, and you know, there, there's so much question out there about what is what is to come, you know, after this life. Mm-hmm. But I've just had so many experiences. Like it's like when I met Bernard. Like at the time, I was like, you know, I had that job offer in Charleston, and you know, mm-hmm. I was I, I knew that's not where my heart. I, I wasn't getting peace yeah. in my mind about it, and that's one that's yeah, that was a, that was a that test. Have, like, that was probably peace. a test yeah. for you. Yeah, and I had to have peace in my mind, and I just couldn't see myself, you know, moving up there to a, a new city mm-hmm. that I didn't know anybody, and away from all my family and friends. Because I'm a I'm a homebody. Mm-hmm. I like to be around my family and friends. Like <laughs> like if I'm you know not touring or I, well, I say I'm a homebody, but like I like to go out and adventure and you know do shows and places. But I also you know my family and close friends they you know a treasure my heart. I couldn't see myself moving eight hours away. And I was mm. thinking I was at a crossroad, and I was like, well, I don't know what's going to happen if I've heard a few music. Like, I love it. It's been a hobby. And, you know, I really mm. want it. At the time, I knew my heart wanted to do it, but I was, like, trying to be practical and, you know, what would my grandparents <laughs> say and think. Oh, wow. And then when when spring break hit, it, and I met, and I did that competition, and we were just sitting around in a circle one night, singing around where everybody would go around, sing a song, and play together. And the guy I'm sitting right next to is one of the guys who has introduced me to so many people in the industry and oh, wow. has, you know, and, and, and I wouldn't be where I was, am, you know, today without mm-hmm. his help. And I really think that was a God moment. And I, and that's why, I mean, I've had, you know, other experiences like that. And I just, I, I, I know it's real, you know. Yeah, we we definitely get that too. Because like, again, there's those connections that you're like, they happen, and they're like, you know, well, even well, for instance, my wife and I, <clears throat> we actually met back in 2002 online. Yeah. And of course, back yeah. then it was taboo, but we and people thought we were crazy. They called us stupid because we met online mm-hmm. February 2nd. We talked on the phone for the first time February 4th, so that was two days later. 
February 18th, yeah. we set a wedding date, and March 4th, we met in person. So we were meeting in oh, wow. person to see who we were going to marry. Yeah. We already knew that this God was here. We just knew it. There was, there was zero yeah. doubts in our minds. And the date we yeah. set was October 5th of, of 02. And that was the date huh? that we did get married. So we just crossed 18 years of marriage. So all those people that called us stupid, they're not so much saying that anymore. Exactly, yeah, right exactly. Because you knew, like, yeah, you knew in your heart you got that peace, and that's 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 one thing. And that's another song that I have written. And it's like, mm-hmm. I, if I don't get peace about something or a situation, I know it's not right. And the fact that you guys, yeah. you just knew, and you think you had that peace of yeah. mind about it. And, and I mean that's incredible, and and also uh, happy anniversary. I know a few days late, well, but happy anniversary. Now, this past February made the five year anniversary that I asked Kelsey Ballerini where she was wanted to be in five years, and I always like yeah. to tell this story before I ask that same question to, to each artist because I want them to think about this because this, the answer she gave us five years ago before everybody knew who she was. Is almost to the T of what she's living right now. I mean, she knew where she was going. So knowing yeah. that, where do you want to be in five years? I, I, you know, I want to be on, on, on where where she is. I want to, I want to, <laughs> you know, I, I want to write music. Mm-hmm. I want to write mm-hmm. music that I can honestly, at the end of the day, if I reach one person with a song or tens of thousands, I know I did my job. But yeah. my dream goal would be to write music that people can relate to and emotionally and that they, that they love and enjoy and that they want to come out and see a show for and, uh, live. And, and I, so I'd, I'd like to see myself in an arena in five years. You know, it, it, you never know. It's all up in yeah. God's you know, hands. But if I'm singing for 500 people in five years, or and, but if I'm mm-hmm. making a living at what I'm doing – that's what matters. Um, you know, I, I, I'm doing what I'm, I'm supposed to be, you know, doing. And, and I'm happy still in my heart about it. So. Yeah, and I love that. Now, let's say that we, you look 10 years, 15 years down the road, and you are a success on what, whatever level that is. You're a success. Let's just say for this, yeah. for argument's sake. You're, uh, the, if the person you are now could meet your future successful self, what would you tell or remind her? Don't ever forget where you came from. And it's the small things that matter. It's the little things that matter most. And, you know, family. And that, that's at the end of the day, if, if I were to be at a level, because you see so many artists who, you know, reach that high level of fame, and, but they're not happy. And it's because, you know, they have everything mm-hmm. at the tip of their fingers and they can, and it's not everybody. There, there's, you know, I've just seen it happen in the past. And, yeah. you know, it's just to remind yourself what really, what, what really matters at the end of the day. And that, mm-hmm. you know, you know, your family, God, your family first and, um, and, 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 and where you came from and, and, and yeah. how you got there. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Most definitely. So let's say, you know, staying on advice a little bit, let's say you had a friend of yours and you heard him or her sing. And let's mm-hmm. say they, you know, they got something special. As Simon Cowell would say, they got that it factor. But they've played 40 or 50 shows. They're still getting their feet wet on the performance side, but they've gotten on stage. 
And they got what every yeah. artist says, that stage bug where they look over the crowd. The crowd's roaring for them, and they know they're in the right place. And they come to you, and they say, Cameron, I know I'm supposed to do this with the rest of my life. What advice would you give that specific person to help guide them in the next few years? Help guide them. I would say um, I would – I would say go for it. If your heart's there and you know and you have that peace of mind and you know you're where you're supposed to be, then go for it. And I'd support you 100% all the way, you know, whatever the outcome, you know, brings. Yeah. I love that. I remember probably the best advice that I was given before the show is I remember I reached out to a Nashville friend of ours, and I'll never forget what he said because I asked him what advice would he give us as we go to show, and I think this is great advice whether you're an artist or you're a host. And really, if you're a, if you're a person out there with a regular job, I think it's still great. As he, he said, whatever you do, be and stay authentic. He said because the de- you know you could tell every Bobby Bones joke, you could tell every Ty Bentley joke, and he said you might even be good at it, but the yeah. day and you might even create an audience. But the day's going to come when authentic Chris comes out. And it's going to come because you can't mask over your authentic self for t- forever. It's coming out. Yeah. And when the, yeah. and when that day comes, you're going to lose every bit of your audience because they were never attracted to authentic Chris. They were attracted to fake Chris. But if you stay authentic from the beginning, your show may grow slower, but you'll gain the right audience in the meantime. Yes. Yeah. I and you know I I, I totally agree with that because it's like. If you're not authentically yourself or you're trying to just people, you know, mm-hmm. and hope that they that's, – that's just not how um, – you, you can't live a, a fake life. You have to be authentic yeah. yourself. And, um, and I, I completely agree. I mean, and, and, you know, it's the most authentic people who, you know, reach those, you know, top levels because they are who they are. They don't apologize for it. And mm-hmm. you know they make and that and mm-hmm. you see the success that does come from it. Eric Church exactly. has definitely went the crazy route where he did everything wrong based on what mm-hmm. they would say, and look where he's at. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> Eric Church, and uh, same with um, uh, Casey Musgrave, and she mm-hmm. uh, and, and and she had one of the greatest records of they 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 say it's one of their greatest records to come from our generation so uh it, it, mm-hmm. she doesn't apologize whether you agree with her or not she doesn't apologize for who she is at the end of the day she yeah. knows she's right true to herself and I, I exactly with eric church too and that's why I they're such that. highly respected artists most definitely so mm-hmm. as you're chasing this crazy dream as some people would call it and it kind of is crazy dream we all we all like to chase crazy dreams but as you're chasing this dream, you probably have friends that are chasing the same dream with you. So who are one or two artists that people should know about? Uh, Paige Johnson, she is a great artist, and she just released a song just like you. Um, and also uh, um, Gracie Osterbeck, I don't know if you can uh, – I'm not sure it out for you. But uh, she just uh, she released the song three minutes and it was aired on CMT. So proud for her. I met her like I met her back three years ago and she was, you know, she was a waitress working uh, at the at the uh, 
I forget what the restaurant's called, but it's right across from the Grand Old Opry, and it was an oh, empty well. house, and it was just me mm. in there and my parents, and she was going to sing, and she asked me to got up, to get up and sing with, along with her, and, and <laughs> so I just oh, wow. do a couple songs, and there was nobody there except for, like, there's maybe <laughs> two other tables there, but... Uh, uh, you know, she's put in her hard work, and it's it's starting to pay off for her. You can tell because now that her videos are on Sam T. So, um, so those are two that I can think of right now. Um, the top of, but there's so many other ones that I know that oh are yeah. just great artists and giving it their all. Most definitely, and I love that. So as we come to a close here, what is a question that you wish hosts like us would ask, but they kind of never do? That I wish who would ask? Sorry. Hosts uh, would ask when you're being interviewed. You know, basically, yeah, yeah. Basically, what are what's a question you wish people would ask you? Ooh, oh, I've never thought about that. Um, I mean, <laughs> let's see. Uh, uh, oh, uh, what is maybe what is the song that you've written that is you know most dear to means you or most. most important to you. Yeah, it means the most to you significantly and why. That would and, be and, and you know I do sometimes I do ask that question. That's actually on my sheet that I have. Oh, and okay. you know what? Since it's on the sheet, we're going to ask it. So what you know oh. <laughs> what is what is the song that means the most to you and why? <laughs> the very the very first single I ever wrote was um it was it's called Home Place and it was it honestly was not intended to be a single um, but I I wrote it as a gift, and I'll, I'll give you a backstory a little bit. Uh, there's been a house in uh, my family for over over a hundred years, for a century. Oh wow! And so my great grandmother grew up in it. My grandmother grew up in it. My mom, like she would go up there and visit, and you know I would. And every holiday we spent at this home. And it was, it's in Clanton, Alabama. It's a little small little, you know, ranch home. And uh, and I'd spent every single holiday in this home up until 2019. Um, and my grandmother has spent all of her holidays there, and so has my mom. And they sold the land to Dollar General um, because they saw a profit there. But they, they, they didn't want to sell it, but... They thought it was time because they weren't really sure who was going to upkeep it after three sisters mm-hmm. passed, which one is my grandmother. And so they sold the house, and it broke my grandmother's heart because she grew up in that house. And it, it broke my heart because, you know, I'd, I'd go up there on the weekends, and we'd go pick pecans. And, and, but we, you know, spent all, all of our holiday. It was just very sentimental home to us. And it broke her heart and to see her breakdown about it it broke mine so I was going up to Muscle Shoals and we were you know just sitting down talking I was sitting with Michael Curtis and Cindy Walker Richardson and we um just sat and we were talking and I was like yeah well we're about to spend our last holidays um I was talking about the house how it was going to be our last Christmas and last Thanksgiving and then we just were like, we should write to that. And Michael was like, let's write mm. something. Let's give, since it's your last Christmas there, give it as a present to everybody in the family. And so we sat down and wrote it right before Thanksgiving and recorded it. And mm. I 
made like little bitty CDs with a little thing on it and gave it to all the sisters at Christmas time. We sat down, all the sisters, cousins, aunts and uncles, and we just sat in a circle in the living room uh, for our last Christmas, and I played the song, and there was not a dry eye in the room. Oh, wow. And uh, and so it, 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 at first it was only meant to be a, a present to them, a gift to them, but I felt like there was other people that could it could you know sentimentally reach and help, and and so I decided to make that the very first single that I'd ever released, oh, wow. and. Um, I got so much positive feedback and so much people and so many people out there who can relate to the song and, and, you know, reached out to me and told me how they've had the same thing happen in their families and they even seen how it's torn their families apart oh, wow. at the end of the day, uh, just based wow. off of like people like, you know, with like who's going to get what, you know? And, mm-hmm. um, and so that song is, probably the most sentimental and special song to me that I have out and written so far. That is great. So as we come to a close here, what um, tell everybody how they can reach you. Uh, you can find me at CameronDubois.com, and I have uh, all my tour dates are on there, and I have music videos on there that you can really reach. Um, and I also have, uh, you know, you can find me on Instagram, Facebook, all, and I think there's there's links on my page if you go to cameradubois.com that will take you directly to the link to my Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. But uh, if you're just looking on the app, it's just Cameron Dubois, um, at Cameron Dubois. And, yeah. I, I love that. And, you know, we really enjoyed having you on the show today, and we definitely look forward to having you back down the road. Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate you playing my latest single. It means a lot. My I pleasure. hope to get back on here. All right, we look forward to it, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, we do. Bye. All right, yeah. thank you. Bye. Bye.